This is Thursday, July 15th. I'm Robert Walker, and welcome to the Honest Report podcast. It has been nearly two months since a ceasefire came into effect between Israel and Hamas, the Gaza-based Islamist terrorist organization, after 11 days of violence earlier this year. And although the ceasefire has largely held, and a sense of normalcy has returned to the region, it appears that for some parties, the war continues, or at least a war of disinformation. Now, what is especially noteworthy is that Hamas, which is still committed to Israel's destruction according to its founding charter, has still largely kept quiet its rocket fire. But it's one of the world's most prominent non-governmental organizations which has focused its own fire towards the Jewish state instead, Amnesty International. It's a far cry from what was supposed to be the organization's original mandate. Amnesty International was founded in 1961 by two human rights campaigners in the UK, with a mandate to shine a light on parts of the world where these kinds of rights were lacking. But things unfortunately have changed a lot since then. As recently as this past Saturday, Amnesty International Canada, the local headquarters in Ottawa, sent out a missive about the violence between Hamas and Israel. This email was nothing short of a drive-by smear against the Jewish state, with defamation after defamation being leveled. In just the opening paragraph, there is an avalanche of misinformation, and it reads, quote, Two months ago, the world watched in horror as a crackdown by Israeli forces against peaceful Palestinian demonstrators in East Jerusalem escalated to a full-scale armed conflict between Israeli forces and Palestinian armed groups in Gaza. Now, any follower of the news from recent violence knows that the supposed, quote, peaceful Palestinian demonstrators were in reality anything but. There was widespread documented footage of Palestinian rioters stockpiling giant rocks throughout the Temple Mount in Jerusalem in preparation to be lobbed at Israeli security forces. These are not little pebbles either, of course. They are giant rocks which are meant to maim and kill, and tragically, they have done exactly that in the past. There was one particularly memorable incident when a tree on the Temple Mount was set ablaze by errant Palestinian fireworks, possibly meant to be fired onto the Jewish worshippers in the Western Wall Plaza below, but which accidentally landed on the Temple Mount Plaza instead. But neither the news media nor Amnesty International Canada apparently see these Palestinian riders, the same ones stockpiling rocks or filing, firing incendiary devices onto Judaism's holiest site in the world, as violent riders. No, no, they are peaceful demonstrators. In that very same opening sentence, Amnesty International Canada refers to the violence as, quote, armed conflict between Israeli forces and Palestinian armed groups in Gaza. Now, we've got to hand it to them. The term Palestinian armed groups is one of the more creative ways to utterly whitewash Hamas and Islamic Jihad, which are homicidal, anti-Semitic, misogynistic, and genocidal Islamist terrorist organizations. Apparently, even using the term militant groups would have been too much for these for this organization, who preferred to call them armed groups instead. Now, using that term is a neutral term, of course, which is utterly inappropriate to refer to groups like this. The missive later continues with this gem, quote, Israel has a deplorable record of unlawful killing and injuring of thousands of civilians, displacing tens of thousands and destroying homes, businesses, and infrastructure. These violations include war crimes and crimes against humanity. Palestinian armed groups have also committed some violations of international humanitarian law, including war crimes with impunity. Now, it's almost impossible to challenge a claim that has no basis in reality. There is, of course, no evidence whatsoever that Israel targets civilians in any armed conflict. And in fact, there is abundant proof to the opposite, 
that Israel puts its own soldiers in harm's way to avoid unnecessary civilian loss on the Palestinian side. Colonel Richard Kemp, who is commander of British forces in Afghanistan in 2014, said the following about the conduct of Israeli armed forces in Gaza. He said, quote, The IDF, Israel Defense Forces, took extraordinary measures to give Gaza civilians notice of targeted areas, dropping millions of leaflets, broadcasting radio messages, sending texts, and making tens of thousands of phone calls. Let me repeat that. The Israelis called Gazans on their cell phones and told them to leave their residences and move to safety. Never in the history of warfare has an army phoned its enemy and told them where they were going to drop their bombs. But once again, it seems that this reality of Israel as a moral army governed by the rule of law and ethical standards goes completely ignored by Amnesty International Canada. But hold on, critics might say. The same press release did call out Hamas and Islamic Jihad. But did it really? Let's read further. After bashing Israel, the statement then spends half as much space with a half-hearted condemnation of Hamas and Ga uh, in Gaza, once again calling them Palestinian armed groups and saying that they have, quote, also committed some violations of international humanitarian law. Now, that's a pretty weak and half-hearted condemnation, especially when juxtaposed with the preceding one. Unfortunately, this recent email from Amnesty International Canada, as troubling as it is, is far from a rarity for the organization. Seven years ago, in response to a previous amnesty report on Israel's conduct in Judea and Samaria, commonly called the West Bank, Professor Gerald Steinberg, founder of NGO Monitor, which is a Jerusalem-based research institution that tracks NGOs, which claim to pr promote human rights, said the report was, quote, reckless, blatantly biased, and reflects the lack of credible research finding fact-finding methodology. He also said the report simply regurgitated, quote, unverifiable Palestinian testimony and that the organization had, quote, a disproportionate and ideological obsession with Israel. Amnesty has spent significant time and resources attacking Israel's policies, of course, uh, misrepresenting its actions and dramatically downplaying the actions of Hamas and Islamic Jihad. In 2019, British researcher David Collier produced a report for an organization called Jewish Human Rights Watch, Called Spotlight on Amnesty International from Bias to Obsession, the 200-plus page report was a takedown of Amnesty's infatuation with the Jewish state. Collier wrote as follows, quote, The anti-Israel bias that infects Amnesty's DNA drives their activity. There's a clear trend towards more hostile and far-reaching action. The slide into boycott activity is clearly an example of this, and the activists' use of Amnesty campaigns shaped to conform to the demands of the wider boycott movement is so subtle that the amnesty hierarchy may not even be aware that the organization has been hijacked in this fashion. It is clear, therefore, that amnesty has an Israel problem. But this problem isn't just academic in nature. It is very real, very practical consequences. Professor Steinberg of NGO Monitor has written extensively about the halo effect around NGOs, that is, their ability to withstand or largely avoid criticism of their organizations by relying on a largely fictional image of themselves, which gets accepted by much of the world, including the mainstream news media. The consequences of this halo effect mean that for much of the mainstream news media, when an NGO says something, therefore it is true. As Professor Steinberg wrote in the UK Jewish Chronicle three years ago, quote, due to the halo effect, powerful groups such as Oxfam International, Amnesty International, Human Rights Watch and World Vision are not scrutinized in sharp contrast to businesses or political organizations of comparable size and influence. Journalists, government officials, and academics tend to give these groups a free pass, accepting their self-image as non-political, idealists, and altruists. 
Moral failings, including discrimination, racism, and anti-Semitism, are ignored or explained away. NGOs with hundreds of thousands of employees are subject to the same frailties as any other institution, but without checks and balances. And this halo effect, therefore, Steinberg uh, argues, of course, that these allows these NGOs to enjoy an artificially high level of respect, admiration, and turn coverage for their reports, press releases, and public statements. For example, Human Rights Watch, another organization with a long and sordid history of anti-Israel misinformation, released an extraordinary misleading report earlier this year, which accused Israel of apartheid. That same report was republished around the world and was likely read by tens of millions of people. For too long, NGOs have been immune to real criticism of their ideologies, their methodology, reporting structure, and more. And anything they've said has been accepted and repeated as the absolute truth. But as we've seen, just from this tiny snippet of a single Amnesty International Canada email blast, we could spend hours itemizing the grotesque and repugnant lies about, made about Israel without even scratching the surface of the problem. But for all these problems with amnesty, their misinformation is only as powerful as it is because it is so often republished uncritically by the mainstream news media, including here in Canada. And it's time for that to stop. The more that organizations like Amnesty International in Canada are held to account and challenged for what they report, the less power they will have, and who knows, that may even make them more honest as a result. And that's today's edition of the Honest Report podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our alerts, subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and if you like what you heard, please consider a donation to support our continued efforts. You can donate online at www.honestreporting.ca donate. And until next time, thank you so much for listening.